Hello, and welcome to Warhammer 40K's Grim History from Beyond. I'm Zekthar. And I'm Yuxin. We are the chroniclers of all that was, and all that will be in the 41st millennium. We've seen the rise and fall of many empires. And this week, we'll be looking at the mysterious Chaos Space Marine Legions, known as Alpha Legion. Yes, the insidious Alpha Legion, experts in subterfuge and covert operations. The Cloak and Dagger Legion of the original founding. And now, followers of Chaos Undivided. Why we will be going a wee bit dark this month because we are chronicling the hordes of chaos. Fear not. We will try to keep it as light as possible. Indeed, you sir. We'll make treachery and murder as happy as possible. This month, we'll be going over the Primarchs of the Legion, who the Chaos Gods actually are, and some notable characters, of course. Of course, Zekdar. But, turn to your listeners. If you like our stuff, please subscribe, follow, like, and comment. And I suppose if you want to help Bob, you can click the support podcast button on any of our descriptions on Spotify. Quite right, Yuxin. We now have support for Bob up and running. If you like what we do, don't hesitate to plug in on Spotify. Well, what's on the agenda today, Yuxin? This week, Zektar, we are going to start the Chaos Undivided because we didn't get to it last week and that's what alpha legion is now followers of chaos undivided revere the force of chaos itself seeing the four major chaos gods as a single pantheon to be worshipped equally as different emanations of the same universal force of all the worshipers of chaos they serve chaos in its purest form they can interpret the meaning of chaos in a variety of ways including a single god of or force worshipping the four major gods equally, or favor one slightly over the other. The Chaos Lords and Demon Princes of Chaos Undivided are at an advantage in their ability to unite any of the forces of Chaos under their leadership, even if they would normally worship opposing gods, like Korn and Slanesh. So the Warbands of Chaos Undivided are always the most diverse. Now, the majority of the traitor legions worship Chaos Undivided, including the feared Black Legion of Epidon, the Despoiler, the greatest of the Chaos Champions and the Warmaster of Chaos. He is essentially the one mortal champion of all Chaos Gods who possess the authority to unite all the forces of Chaos under one banner and for one purpose. There is a flaw in how the Imperium identifies those they think are Chaos Undivided. Really? Yes, in general, the Imperium's viewpoint when it comes to Space Marines is, if you aren't with us, you are evil and as such should be eliminated. If you are part of a traitor legion or possibly a second founding of that legion, you are evil and must die. If you have unusual characteristics, you are evil. Hence why the original thought of Space Wolves being tainted by chaos, other than, you know, the Emperor being the person who made them that way. Yeah, we'll get back to that in a second, but what's your point? Well, in many cases, a label will be given without evidence that someone is evil and since they don't appear to be worshipping an individual chaos god, then that means they must worship chaos itself. Hmm. Well, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I think a lot of that also has to do with the simple fact, at this point anyways, the High Lords of Terra kind of rule are ruled by fear of the chaos gods so if you have any slight hint of anything anyways that isn't considered like for them 
they're just would rather exterminate you than you know deal with you that's why i think i mean space wolves have always been kind of an outcast in that situation because they definitely anyways have some sort of kind of mutation going on with their genetics i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't put that in they're being they're altered by chaos though but yeah I, i can see where you're coming from okay now the Imperium in general calls all non-loyal space marines renegade space marines, whereas some, like ourselves, break it into two groups. The first group are the Chaos Worshippers, which we rightfully call Chaos Space Marines. The second group is what we refer to as Renegade Space Marines, and Renegade Space Marines are Space Marines who have turned their back on the current Imperium, but have yet to fall to the Tank of Chaos differentiating themselves from Chaos Space Marines. They can range from those who wish to help fight Chaos and protect humanity to being pirates, to being rulers of planets, or even star systems. It, though, must be noted that a lot of these chapters do eventually become followers of Chaos. Right. I, I think, honestly, Yuxin, uh, I think the best example of this, of, of uh, Renegade Space Marines chapter that is not necessarily chaos space marines would be probably the soul drinkers well um, more like sorry, it was okay so basically originally they were labeled traitors and then part of their chapter was accused of being traitors and when there was a fight because one of the things that they would do in their particular chapter is they could have an honor battle between two people to see who would become the chapter master. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, during that battle, one of them, the one that ends up winning, one of the reasons why he won is because partway through the battle, uh, he became mutated. So the lower half mm. of his body grew like eight limbs or something like that, which well, obviously different. gave him an advantage. Right. Um, but this mutation and later there were other mutations that occurred with other space marines in the same chapter they didn't want the mutations and they weren't like giving into those giving into chaos necessarily at those particular times a lot of them did end up eventually doing that and by the time that they were done by the time they were finally cleared there's only like three of them left so it sort of (laughs) became pointless when they said Yes, you are now identified as not being traitors. So, 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 back up half a second, <laughs> So, so, back up half a second, Yuxin. So, when you said, anyways, that they had a bunch of mutations, even though they didn't really want them, it's kind of like um, <clears throat> uh, Magnus the Red and the Thousand Sons before the Horus Heresy. There were times, anyways, where some of them would just start sprouting, you know, uh, um, mutations. Well, just like because they, they, they did stuff with the uh, because because they involved themselves with the warp so much. So are the soul drinkers kind of like that anyways, where because they're just so acute with the warp anyways, they just slowly start to mutate, even though they, they do not worship chaos at all. Um, I think to find out that information is there's somebody who uh, has chronicalized this and a follow-up chapter that for some reason they deem to also name the slow drinkers which by the way is a stupid name to give a unit especially since they were supposedly connected to the imperial fists try to figure that out uh yeah, no, no 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 they thought they were they were part of the imperial fists uh, or a second founding of them and it turns out that they were wrong they don't know where they came from 
No, that's the second grip. I'm not sure about the first grip. Oh, okay. Well, because it, they had one that was basically almost entirely annihilated, and then they're just like, well, thanks for letting us know that we aren't traders anymore. You guys feel that way. And then they like left. Okay, so I'm thinking more along the lines, I guess, anyways, of the second group then. Because the second okay. group, okay, so technically, I guess there's been three, right? There's that first group you were no. talking about. Second one, hang on, wait, wait for it. It's <laughs> the second one. And then there's this third one, anyways, that has just shown up in the 42nd millennium that uh, um, Rabute Gilliman reinstituted. And they're all, uh, um, oh, what do they call them? Primaris Space Marines? Yeah, that's the, um, that's the second one. Oh, okay. Then I'm talking about the first group. The first group, anyways, they they actually do not know, anyways, um, what founding they're actually from. Right. We really because... thought that they were part of the Imperial Fist, but it turns out they really weren't. Well, it's the same thing with some groups of the Thousand Sons were brought into other chapters for some reason. It's a really weird time frame. Okay. Um, but originally, they were actually connected to the imperial fists well and no they, they always were connected to the imperial fists yeah, but it, it's they found out anyways that their founding though wasn't the imperial fists it was some no, other their space gene seed wasn't right right no no that's that's what i meant somebody from though the imperial fists went yeah we'll call you the soul drinkers oh by the way here's a spear that you guys get to hold on to called the soul spear yeah that that whole thing is very confusing. But and, and what will we do? We'll rename Re Gilliman, the all wise person, decides to name a new chapter the Soul Drinkers. Right. Uh, but okay, so getting back to this this first group of the Soul Drinkers, and we, we we really do have to get back to Alpha Legion. But this first group of soul drinkers, if I recall right, anyways, to me, anyways, from what I've read about them, anyways, they are very much um they started out with this concept of being rejected by the Imperium. They said, no, we still fight for the Imperium and continue to do that for a while. Right. Well, the way it's like that they were the good guys. I remember it. When they get kicked out and then they're like, no, no, we're, we're still the good guys. And yeah. they tried to fight to get back into the Imperium and they just kept getting kicked out until eventually uh, a bunch of them just said, you know, what? we're done with this. <laughs> Screw you all. We're out. <laughs> Well, it's more kind of along the lines of we're still going to help the Imperium. And then, of course, some division occurred. Well, some of them were like, well, the only way to really save humanity is to destroy the Imperium. Like, well, not necessarily. There's that conflict. The reason it became so small so quickly is because there all of a sudden was a lot of infighting on viewpoints between what they believed. But the majority of them still believed that humanity should be protected um if i recall right too though at the very end anyways when the whole the whole legion pretty much was obliterated or chapter sorry chapter was done anyways they actually ended up fighting and helping anyways the imperial fists and the, the imperial fist honored them by um um carving their names into the um loyalist people that died on their giant tombstone oh, i can't remember what they call it which well, it's to me seems so funny because it's like, yes, you guys are loyalists. It's like, well, thanks for letting us know. There's only like three of us, and there's only like three of them. And so there's like, you know what? We're going to take this one traitor that we have, by the way, that we know is a traitor, chuck him into the warp, and we'll just yep. go into the warp with him also. <laughs> I think that's how it ended anyways. 
for yes. a more accurate telling, like I said, you can look up the Soul Drinkers. There's two omnibuses that cover the original chapters done by Ben Counter. And then he also did another one on the Primera Space Marines that were called the Soul Drinkers also. Ah, well, and what was his name again? Ben Counter. Ah, it's always good to promote another chronicler like ourselves. And this all sounds good, Yuxin, but is I do have a question for you. Is Alpha Legion really devoted to chaos? This is what the Imperium of Man thinks. Why? Do you think something different? I do. But before we get into that, we have to, to talk about the Cabal. I suppose so. That kind of information is relevant if you're going to make your case for the Alpha Legion. Well, the Cabal was a secret organization dedicated to the eradication of chaos, whose operatives were drawn from more than a thousand different intelligent Xenos races, including the Eldari and humanity. The Cabal claimed to have battled the forces of the Primordial Annihilator, also known as Chaos, time longer than the existence of mankind as a thinking species. The Cabal was a hidden organization, covertly predicting the future and steering the intelligent races of the galaxy towards their ultimate goal of wiping chaos from existence within the Empyrean. Doing a wonderful job here. What? <laughs> and they've been doing a wonderful job, haven't they? Oh, yes. Fantastic. That's why we had the whole... <sighs> We're getting ahead of ourselves, Yuxin. <laughs> no. <laughs> I must say, you might be wondering anyways what this has to do with Alpha Legion. Nope. Um... What? No, I don't wonder. I know. Uh, I know you know. This is so you can lead me into my dictation. Kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. Ah, I see. This is done for humor. Very well. No, I don't. Please tell me, oh mighty Crockler. What does this have to do with the Alpha Legion? <clears throat> well... They are chiefly known for involving themselves in the Horus heresy by using their foreknowledge of the Warmaster Horus's actions to seemingly bribe the Primarch Alpharius, or Omegan, and his 20th Legion of Space Marines to their cause before the great betrayal that took place in the early 31st millennium. Later on, the Cabal itself eventually came to be seen as a threat to the Eldari species' ability to defeat chaos as foreseen by its greatest farseer, Uldred Uthron of Craftworld Ulthway. To prevent the Cabal from carrying out its plans during the Horus heresy to see the Imperium of Man lose the war to chaos, the Farseer and his agents arranged to eliminate much of the Cabal's leadership and its most important agents. That's interesting, but let's keep our thoughts on Alpha Legion. And what was the bribe? Well, also, was... on a secondary thought, did the Emperor know of this Cabal? It seems like they had the same goals in mind as the Emperor. The eradication of chaos. Um, unfortunately, the Cabal knew something of the Emperor's true nature. Yet unlike the Emperor, after the Age of Strife, who chose to act openly and aggressively against the Dark Gods, regardless of the moral consequences that would ensue from his launch of the Great Crusade, the Cabal always acted in a covert manner, never showing its hand unless absolutely necessary. But did the Emperor know of the Cabal? Mm, who knows? I would venture a guess he didn't, or at least that if he did, he cared little of their covert plans. Now, when it came to the Alpha Legion, it came down to two distinct thoughts. Thanks to the acuity of their advanced, almost godlike technological abilities, the Cabal was able to foresee the corruption of the Warmaster Horus and the advent 
of the terrible interstellar civil war that was the Horus Heresy. In the end of this whole fight against chaos, there were two outcomes. One, after the heresy, a spark of the honorable being that Horus once was would remain within the War Master, eating at him over what he had done and fueling a self-destructive sense of self-hatred and loathing that would see the War Master fall on his own subjects in an acceleration of violence, creating civil strife amongst the forces of chaos that would culminate in the final extinction of mankind. This would mean that the ruinous powers of chaos, whose own existence within the Milky Way system depended upon the baser collective psychic emanations of humanity, would extinguish itself from within. That doesn't sound very good. What's option number two? Well, if the Imperium defeated Horus and his traitor legions, the Cabal foresaw the Emperor giving his life to kill Horus, but then becoming a howling, undead rictus trapped within cybernetic life support coffin of the Golden Throne. His soul fighting an endless but ultimately losing battle against the influence of the Chaos Gods as his power steadily waned across the millennia. Sounds vaguely familiar, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> the Cabal's inner circle believed that this path would lead to technological and cultural stagnation for the Imperium of Man, and this stagnation would ultimately conclude an irreversible decay. This decay would accelerate and enhance the human misery that contributed to the powers of chaos, allowing the Dark Gods to grow in power and spread their influence across the galaxy, till after 10 or 20,000 Terran years of increasing misery, the entire galaxy and all of its sentient species will be consumed by the unrelenting hunger of chaos. That sounds bad. Neither of these are good. But pray tell, where does Alpha Legion fit into this? Well, having studied the development of the human primarchs over some solar decades, the Cabal was able to determine that the most important of them in the determination of the galactic events were the oldest, being Horus, and the youngest, being Alpharius. They foresaw that the Chaos Gods would ignite a galactic-level civil war within the Imperium of Man by corrupting and using Horus, and claimed that what Horus would do, Alpharius would undo. That's very interesting. Yeah, wait, how so? Well, this dictates that the Cabal knew with foreseeing that of Alpharius. But what of Omegon? That's, hmm, that is actually very interesting. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think that the Cabal actually knew about Omegan? Um, first of all, I find it interesting how um, they decided that Alpharius was the youngest. Weren't they pretty much all created at the same time? Yeah, I think they were going along the lines anyways of the last one found and the first one found. Although, we did talk about <laughs> that anyways. <laughs> and Alpharius might have been the first one actually found, but in secret. So, so... <laughs> Yeah. So, yet again, yeah. we got to wonder about the Cabal's intelligence. Yes, true, <laughs> true. <laughs> but do you really think they knew about Omegan? Since in most cases they reference Alpharius, I would say I don't think that they did. And doubly sure that they didn't know who was who if they did. Which does actually make this really interesting. Because, you know, their whole concept was um, that... What would determine, anyways, the galactic events, anyways, would be the oldest and the youngest, right? Right. But if you were actually looking at it, anyways, and, and if it was true that Alpharius was actually found on Terra, he would be the youngest, correct? Well, or the first found. Make him the youngest. Oh, no, no, no. I, I mean, like the first found, 
right? Yeah, he'd be the first found. Technically, he'd be the first one found, right? And then the right. oldest would be um, – or sorry, I'm getting this backwards. The oldest, so the one that was first found anyways, would be Alpharius. And then the youngest would actually be Omegan. Yeah. Because technically, he was the last one found. If you're going with anyways, that's how things actually worked. So to me, anyways, that's actually fairly interesting because maybe they actually had the right information. They just had the wrong primarchs. <laughs> or here's another thought. For some weird reason, they were the ones behind the primarchs the being thing. separated all along. <laughs> the Cabal or Alpharius? The, the, Cal the Cabal. <laughs> oh, the Cabal. <laughs> all along. It wasn't really... Shot into space, anyways, by the chaos gods. It was really the cabal who threw him into the chaos. <laughs> I, th I think you're you're stretching this a little too far. But do you do you well, really might as well go into conspiracies since the cabal is basically a conspiracy? They yes, they do fall under conspiracies. But um, getting back to my main point, though, do you really think that they knew about Omegan? Because if I recall right, anyways, he was a very close kept secret. I mean, the only people that, if I recall right, that when we did our research on Alpharius and Omegan, um, the only ones that really knew of his existence anyways was the Emperor, Alpharius, and then Alpha Legion. I don't think well, anybody else actually knew of him. People are sketchy on whether or not the Emperor knew. True, true. They do and I know did... that Alpha Legion does, but mm -hmm. who in Alpha Legion is debatable. And we, we did briefly go over anyways, maybe in the Horus Heresy, by the time the Horus Heresy was coming to the end, that Horus actually might have figured it out. But that's all conjecture, too. Yeah. Um, it would make sense that he, he could have figured that out. But beforehand, <laughs> yes, it's Alpha Legion. We, we, we understand. The Everybody looks the same. <laughs> we are one and we are many. Yes, yes. But... Um, I think, anyways, it would be far more interesting, anyways. To me, anyways, I don't think the Cabal actually knew about Omegan, which to me, anyways, would make this kind of interesting. And we'll talk about this later um, when we're done, anyways, with the rest of the Cabal, but and um, and the rest of the stuff that we're going to be talking about here. But to me, anyways, the thing that I find interesting about this is that if they didn't know about that, that whole aspect of what they were thinking about before, anyways, and the oldest and the youngest. It really is these two Primarchs. And it's their decision anyways to follow Horus or not. To me anyways, that, that it's far more interesting because it's like, well, one of them decided to follow Chaos and the other one decided not to. And we do find anyways that there is kind of a little bit of a split between the two thought processes. But that to me anyways looks fairly interesting. And I don't know. Find what, out that he had a split personality. Just to mess with everybody. <sighs> yes, they both did. It was actually Alpharius and Megan, and their two split personalities, Frank and Bob. Uh, I don't know. What make it worse is their alternate personalities are the opposite twin. So there really was only one person. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah or was... both of them have the same thing. So it's like, I'm Alpharius, and my alter ego is Omega. You're not helping you. Well, I'm Omega, but my alter it, it, intelligence is Alperius. Why do you do this? 
Yuxin. I asked you a question anyways, and you're like, let's make this the most complicated answer ever. <laughs> let's just confuse our listeners. <sighs> and then end it with this. It's Alpha Legion. Let's move on to more okay. confusion. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just what you were saying. Could you at least answer my question? What was it again? Oh. <laughs> I actually answered it at the beginning. I thought that they probably didn't. Okay. Okay. So I do have then a back. went on the rant of youngest and oldest. And that's. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good point. But I, I do have actually kind of real quick, anyways, a second question. If that's the case, they did not know, anyways, about Omega, anyways. How much of their, their, their forcing, anyways, could, could anybody really actually grasp? I mean, from what I've described, anyways, they obviously, anyways, knew something because, I mean, they very eloquently, anyways, portrayed, anyways, what would happen if the uh, um, the emperor, anyways, ended up almost dying and then becoming the Karen Lord. Yes, but they, for some reason, had to spend decades watching the Primarchs to figure things out. They are very inconsistent. Oh, that's a good. You can foresee this happening with the emperor, but we don't know the specifics on these Primarchs until decades later. Uh, that's a very good point. Uh, but regardless of what we think, the Cabal also claimed that while the outbreak of the Horus Heresy was inevitable and could not be altered, the Alpha Legion was perfectly placed to control and direct it to one of the two possible outcomes the Acuity had foreseen for humanity and the galaxy. The Cabal's inner circle tasked John Grammaticus a human perpetual agent of the Cabal, to arrange a meeting with the Alpha Legion's Primarch, which eventually took place on the planet of Yolith about two years before the start of the heresy at the Battle of Estevan III. Estevan. Uh-huh. Can I tell this part, brother? Nope. Why not? I wish to continue this concept anyways and gives a little bit of an aspect of John Grammaticus because it has to do with Alpha Legion. Yet I think anyways you'll do a great job chronicling the full counting of Grammaticus after I'm done. Awesome. He is one of my favorite humans in history. Very well. Please continue. Uh, okay. Well, it is known by the Imperium that Alpharius, who is only friendly with one other Primarch, Horus. And it would seem self-explanatory why he chose Horus as opposed to the Emperor during the Horus heresy. Indeed, the very plan at Estevan V where Horus struck his first blow against the Loyalist Space Marine Legions by destroying most of the Iron Hands, Raven Guard, and Salamander Legions in a massive ambush was very reminiscent of plans that Alpharius had created in the past. However, it is possible that there is another reason for Alpharius leading his legion to the side of the traitors, a secret known only inside the legion. Approximately two years before the beginning of the heresy, during the compliance of Nurth, Alpharius was apparently contacted by John, who brought to him visions of impending civil war within the Imperium, and expanded knowledge of the nature and designs of the ruinous powers of chaos. It is believed that the Cabal convinced Alpharius that the only way to permanently defeat chaos in the galaxy was to ensure that Horus was victorious in his rebellion against the Emperor. It is perhaps for this reason that Alpharius, secretly true to the Imperium and loyal to the Emperor, may have chosen to join the traitors who swore their souls to chaos. Now, before we discuss this, uh, could you please give us an understanding of John Grammaticus? Because he's pointing in this discussion, as well as being pretty interesting. John Grammaticus was an enigmatic 
human psyker who served as an agent of the cabal in the latter days of the Great Crusade. Among the powers he wielded was the ability to understand and speak any language and identify where a speaker came from based on how they spoke. He claimed there was not a language that he could not master. Germanicus had been an officer of the Caucasian levies, the great army that had served under the emperor during the unification wars on Terra. During a victory ceremony, after defeating the forces of the Pan-Pacific Empire, Germanicus briefly met the emperor, who recognized his psychic abilities and offered to speak further to consider the options available to beings like us. Before they could have that meeting, Germanicus was killed at Anatole Hive. Um, excuse me, Euxen. Uh Wasn't he actually killed by getting hit by a car? Really? Yeah. From what I found, anyways, he got hit by a car crossing the street, probably going to meet the emperor. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Carry on with the chronicling, sir. Anyways, apparently hit by a car and killed at Antol Hive. Autark Slada brought Chromaticus back to life, gave him the ability to reincarnate as a perpetual, and put him into service in the Cabal. At one point, Grammaticus spent 18 years in an insane asylum. A thousand years later, on the eve of the heresy, the Cabal dispatched Grammaticus to recruit Alpha Legion to their cause. The Cabal had foreseen the treason of Horus and the impending civil war that would result, and believed that the Alpha Legion and its Primarch Alpharius had a great part to play in that coming war. To that end, Grammaticus infiltrated the Juno 52 Chiliad, an army in the 670th Expedition Fleet, under the guise of intelligence officer Konig Henneker. He also borrowed identities from other dead officers in order to avert suspicion. Eventually, he came to the notice of Alpharius, who captured and questioned him of the Cabal and its intentions. After following Grammaticus's advice to abandon the field on Nerth, which was shortly after consumed by a black cube, Alpharius brought his fleet to 42 Hydra Tertarius, known to the Cabal as Eolith, to meet Grammaticus's masters. In a carefully planned deception, Alpharius used Grammaticus to turn the tables on the Cabal so that he could meet with them for a position of strength. Grammaticus had been shown the future prediction of the Cabal. After meeting with Alpharius, the heresy soon began to spread. When it had spread to Kalth, John contacted a former colleague there, Ol Person, through a dream. Trying to convince him to help, Grammaticus showed him a vision of the final battle of the heresy, Horus standing over Sanguinius's body. The Alpha Legion was set on its path to join with Horus, Believing that he had put into motion the extinction of his own species, Grammaticus threw himself out an airlock of a cabal vessel, hoping that his, this death would be his last. However, Grammaticus was a perpetual and thus survived his suicide, eventually taking the guise of an archaeologist named Karen Sabaton. During the Horus Heresy, Grammaticus discovered the existence of the mysterious artifact known as the Fulgurite. Grammaticus set out to Treois to retrieve it for his own ends. 
However, he had been tracked by the word bearers led by Dark Apostle Valdrick Elias, who had been tasked by Erebus to retrieve the same artifact. Grammaticus was only saved by the intervention of Pyreguard Captain Artelis Numian and his surviving battle brothers, and together the two eventually managed to obtain the Fulgurite. However, at this point, Grammaticus betrayed Numian, using a digital weapon to blind the Stardes and to take the Fulgurite for himself. Grammaticus was then confronted by Elias, who put a bolt pistol round into Numian and demanded the Fulgurite be handed over to him so that he may ascend to demonhood. Yet Grammaticus was again saved, this time by Erebus, who himself stepped through a warp portal and confronted Valdrick, killing the Dark Apostle for attempting to use the Fulgurite for his own plans. Mysteriously, Erebus then instructed Grammaticus to take the Fulgurite and leave Treois, which he did unmolested. Um, real quick, Yuxin, do you know who Erebus is? Uh, not right hand. Erebus is the guy who started the whole Horus heresy. He's the guy that set up all the things in motion with Horus. He's a uh, um, oh, where they go? Uh, he's a word bearer, um, librarian, I believe is the term I'm looking for. And he he's literally like the most hated <laughs> space marine ever. <laughs> so the fact, anyways, that he is letting this fulgurite go with this random dude is really weird. Perhaps, actually, the forces of chaos had something to do with the cabal. That's my thought process. But, uh, sorry, uh, carry on with your uh, uh, chronicling. You're going to Yes. After leaving Troyes, Grammaticus was again contacted by the cabal and instructed to head to Macrog with the fulgurite. There, he was to meet another primarch, and then used the Fulgurite to kill Vulcan. The Cabal promised that once Chromaticus had accomplished this task, he would be free of his obligations to the Cabal forever. Shortly afterwards, John traveled to Macrog with fellow perpetual Damon Pritanus, where the duo planned to assassinate Vulcan. During a brief period when he was alone, John was contacted by Eldrad Ulthron, who was revealed to be the mysterious voice he had heard on Treoris. Ulthron revealed to John that he opposed the Cabal's aims and that their belief that Horus would usher in Chaos's ultimate demise was not set in stone. He believed that humanity was meant to be the firebreak against Chaos, and that without them, the Eldar would fall prey to the galaxy shortly afterwards. He offered John a way to leave the Cabal and a chance to stop being a traitor to his own race, of which John had begun to consider himself. Rejoining with Damon, they joined forces with Barthusa Narek, who had tracked John to Ultramar to take back the Fulgurite. Instead, he agreed to allow them to kill Vulcan with it if they would give it to him afterwards so that he might kill Lorgar. During the crisis that followed, the trio interrupted the fight between Conrad Kurz and Vulcan, with the intent of ending him. The sign at the last moment to side with his own race, John used the Fulgurite to heal Vulcan of the madness that had consumed him, though it left him in a death-like coma and reduced John from perpetual to an ordinary mortal. Um, I have to interrupt you for a second. Yes? Okay, so we have this stuff called Fulgurite. It can kill perpetual, 
Right. And the only time we've seen it used, it actually healed a perpetual Vulcan from madness and put him in a coma. Your point? This seems like a doohickey. Well, how about you wait until I finish the tale before discussing this? Oh, okay. Fair enough. Carry on. John later woke up on an unknown craft world being tended to by Eldar. Damon informed him of his new mortal status and that his next death would be permanent and that the Cabal had one final mission for him. John was effectively taken prisoner by Damon Pritanus, held in an elder facility that created illusions to resemble a farm. However, the facility was eventually infiltrated by Eldrad Ulthran and Barthusa Narek, who after a struggle slew Pritanus with a piece of fulgurite. Eldred asked John where Elanius Person was, to which the psyker answered that he did not know. The farseer and Narek then took Grammaticus and stepped into a webway portal. Using a pair of elder scissors that could cut through space and time that were given to him by Eldred, John Grammaticus appeared near the ruins of Ababa Hive on Terra during the siege. He made his way across the devastated world, eventually reaching Guelb in Mauritania. This was the home of the powerful Perpetual Erda, who was at first dismissive of John and his goal of reaching the interior of the Imperial Palace. John knew he could not defeat Horus, but thought he could save humanity by reaching the Emperor and stopping his ambitions. Erda was shocked to discover that John had recruited old Persaun to his cause, but told John he had not arrived yet. John became worried as he planned to rendezvous at Erda's home with Persaun. Erda later was able to determine that Persaun was due to arrive at Terra two weeks from John and gave him her Space Marine prototype protector, Litu, to aid him in his quest to find Ol. John and Litu managed to track down Ol and his group of survivors from Kalth, the Hatai and Takia hive in the East Phoenician wastes. However, the group were now in the clutches of Paradise, a dream farm of the Emperor's children. After attempting to commune with Ol psychically for a time, John and Litu found themselves trapped within the Emperor's children domain as well. Within the dream realm, John witnessed Ol's memory and learned of his past as the Emperor's war master in Terra's ancient history. Ultimately, the group were aided by Acte and a space marine identifying himself as Alpharius. John mm-hmm. fled with Ol to not accept their aid, stating that Actea reeked of chaos. However, John decided to let the new duo accompany them on their quest. Of course, let's throw a fairies in here. Why not? <laughs> Together, the group now dubbed by John as the Argonauts acquired an Arvis lighter and flew to the Imperial Palace across Terra's ravaged landscape. However, as they crossed the front line, they were shot down and crashed into the inner palace. John and the others were guided by Alpharius into hidden passages with the intent to reach the Sanctum Imperialis. 
Within the depths of a secret entrance into the palace, John learns that this Alfarius was actually Ingo Peck, who pled with John for help to free him from the control of Acte, who intended to use him to her own ends. During their discussion, John was saved by Matthias Herzog, by Peck. John eventually neutralized Peck by attaching a motion-sensitive mind to the Marine as he confronted Acte about her plans. However, thanks to All's defense of Acte, John decided to spare her, but knew as long as her Zog was conditioned to obey the witch, he was too dangerous to be allowed to continue. John vowed to one day return and free Peck, but for now, the group left the immobilized Peck behind as they finally reached the Imperial Dungeon and were willingly detained by custodes. Upon finally reaching the Golden Throne, however, the group was met with Vulcan as the Emperor had since departed to the Vengeful Spirit to fight Horus. Uh, I hate to tell you this, Jason, but this, this story is ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. There's too many... There's too many breaks. I mean, like, a, a good example would be, anyways, this Engo Peck fella ends up helping John, but then randomly John decides, hey, let's stick a motion sensitive mind to him? Why? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I just... Okay, so... Is this the end of the story of John? Uh, yeah. That's it? I think that personally, this... The majority of this was all in John's head, to be really? fair. In my opinion, he's probably locked in a cell somewhere, wrapped in a white, you know, he's wearing the white suit and. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so hang on. What part do you think is actually just this insanity and how much of it do you think is really actually happened? Okay. So I think at least up until the point where they mentioned that he literally was in insane asylum for 18 years, I, I, I think that. At least up until that point, it might be true. <laughs> well, okay. I think it, it a little bit past that point, too, though. Because we do actually have documentation, anyways, of Alfarius actually meeting John, anyways, and him yeah. getting him so, to the, the ball. So then by that, I would, I would think that maybe when he, uh, let's see, maybe when he jumped out, the airlock when he tried to commit suicide yeah he went, peace i'm out yeah i mean that's probably that's where it started to get weird i mean eldar scissors <laughs> i mean technically think about it he may have been not quite there anyways by the point that he jumped out and who says that technically he was really fully alive after he jumped out after that, anyways, where he gets stuck, anyways, in the Emperor's children's like dream form. I mean, who knows, anyways, what racks you know his, his psyche at that point, which is we already kind of dis discussed, anyways. He was already technically sane, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he was in an asylum for 18 years that we know of. <laughs> well, okay, one thing, we know how many other times in those thousand years later. One thing we do know is, is at this point he's dead, right? Yeah. 
I mean, because if even if he was or a professional, he's in a padded cell somewhere. Well, that's a good point. I mean, if he is actually a perpetual, he'd be still be stuck in a cell if a lot of the stuff didn't take place. But if it did take place, at some point or another, somebody anyways made him no longer perpetual with that Fulgrite gimmick. If and, Fulgrite even existed. Oh, no, no, Fulgrite does. Really? We actually have, yeah, we have documentation of it. It, it is uh, something anyways that the Emperor actually made out of his own essence to... Uh, um, with his psychic abilities to eliminate perpetuals. We have no idea if that works. Well, it's from the emperor. Yeah. So <laughs> fair enough. Of course, because we are also talking about the cabal and alpha legion anyways, John Grammaticus could be actually multiple people, which is why it's a perpetual just because one of them no, died. No, I, I think one of them was actually a perpetual, but when they get to the point anyways where he just all of a sudden randomly shows up and he is this farmer by the name of, uh, what, did, what did he call himself, Cadian something or other? You mean the archaeologist? Yeah, uh, yeah, the archaeologist. Sorry, archaeologist. It might have passed on anyways that he was somebody else that looked fairly familiar and looked like John, but really wasn't. And John. that guy was insane. <laughs> cool. No, I don't think he was insane. I think it was more along the lines that having been stuck anyways with these other people anyways, he slowly became insane. Or it could have very well been John too anyways, and he just lost all of his memory. And then all of a sudden anyways, the cabal shows back up again anyways, and it just completely screwed with his brain. The poor guy. But anyways. You, yeah, you do I, admit though that he, he is insane. Uh, either that or... He has had such a wild trip anyways. It just sounds ridiculous. And the information that we have through history anyways just hasn't plugged in enough to make him sound sane. Like having Eldar scissors, which they don't mention what type. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can cut through space and time, but he cannot go to the time that he needs to be at. Yeah. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of this stuff that does sound very insane. I mean, the, the whole story is ridiculous. But if so we had a little bit more... Somebody grabbing those scissors. And somebody goes, no, not that pair of scissors. <laughs> not that one. I was just trying to cut this piece of paper. Don't do that. <laughs> I'll cut everything. <laughs> but, yeah. No. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, anyways, we're in the War of Armageddon. What happened? Yeah, or the know. person thinks that Forgot they have the right pair. It's like, yes, I can make it. Tink. Oh, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> well, anyways, like I said, John's actually John Grammaticus is a very interesting character, and his stories are, you know, who they actually remind me of. Terran Forty Two's Homer. Okay. Now, uh, Yuxin, if you recall, Terran Forty Two's. Homer, that was the guy that came up with uh, the Iliad and the Odyssey, correct? Okay. And this whole concept anyways that there were these deities that came in and helped in, 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 in the war against Troy. And then Odysseus anyways, he has to sail back to Ithaca. Just the whole concept anyways that there were Cyclops and, you know, all these other different things anyways. And it's just like, yeah, that that. That never happened. And then all of a sudden on Terran 42, they found out that there was actually Troy. Troy did exist. 
but so, none of this other stuff probably yeah, yeah well no I, I i like like for instance in the iliad anyways there was a war between greece and troy that's yeah. the big part anyways and like sure that actually makes sense and troy was destroyed but all the rest of the stuff like for instance zeus anyways helping out the greeks or Ares helping out the trojans yeah that probably didn't happen in fact i could say it didn't um the fact that there were these two peoples anyways that actually fought that is actually true so when you're talking about like for instance john grammaticus and his stories of what happened i think there is a it, it's like alpha legion i i think there's a, like this single strain of truth that you could probably yes. follow all the way through but it's the string that's missing. <laughs> it's, there's, there's like these cuts, probably from this Eldar scissors that we've never heard of. <laughs> Somebody's cut up these strings anyways, and it's like, well, what happened between here and there? But I lost that string. I think I found it <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. And you've inspired me, Yuxin. I, I will probably do some due diligence and dig into this. And perhaps I'll give another bonus Vox anyways about John Grammaticus. But until then, we are actually, and as interesting as John is, we really are talking about Alpha Legion, correct? Right. That's the whole thing we're doing this month. And we have to get back to anyways, Alpharius and Omega. So we already kind of talked about anyways that the Cabal actually knew who they were. And if that is the case, that they didn't know about Omega, and Alpharius has this meeting with the Cabal, what do you think the brothers did? Because obviously they talked to each other anyways. Did the brothers, do you think they disagreed or do you think they were unified in their decision anyways and what they were going to do after that? Well, here's one of the things that's kind of stupid. Stupid? Is, okay, so Alpha Legion, they're trying to push, the Cabal is trying to push for Alpha Legion to do this so they can save the Imperium. Meanwhile, at the same no, 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 time, no, 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 they're not trying to save the Imperium. They're trying to save the Milky Way galaxy system. I know, but they're trying to push it to out to Alpharius as it will be a way to help save the Imperium. No, they never did. Okay, so basically, they're saying, "Screw the Imperium, screw humanity, screw everybody." Now, no, 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 no. that sounds like something that really. The whole concept, anyways, for the Cabal, anyways, is to destroy chaos. It's not to save humanity. It is to destroy chaos. Right. And so they're trying to pass this off to Alpha Legion. Yeah. You know all that stuff you've been working towards? Well, we want you to just destroy all of it. Right. Well, and the way that they portray it, though, is, is like, look, humanity is going to be destroyed. It's just going to. And there's one of two ways that this actually happens. Either A, anyways, the rest of the galaxy survives, or B, it doesn't. It's that simple. Yeah, okay. but here's the thing. Putting it out there like that, it's like, okay, so what happens after we destroy chaos? What happens? Well. And, and this is this is the problem. I, I agree with you. And, and on this aspect, anyways, for humanity, here's the problem with that. Is that they're talking to a Primarch anyways, whose sole purpose anyways is the empire of humanity, correct? Right. So here's the interesting thing. They're saying anyways, it's either A, humanity gets a quick death, or B, 
they trudge long into the night until eventually everybody dies. That's not a good answer for, for somebody who, who, who wants humanity to exist. Plus, this neither is, of them are. This is one of the things that apparently pops up where it comes to Elf Legion. They're the ones that go, and what about option C? Exactly. You know, what the heck's that? Well, we aren't going to tell you, but there probably is option C. Or so this gets back to my, my question before anyways. The brothers obviously heard about this whole cabal theory. Do you think they were unified about it? Or do you think anyways, one of them anyways is like, yeah, unfortunately, humanity's got to go. And the other one was just like, no, I think, I think, I think we're okay. Or do you think they just both went, yeah, no, 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 no. We, we can go with option C. I would lean towards them having option C because yeah. they probably look at this and go, okay, you guys have shown us idea A and B. We'll right. figure out a way to make it work. With option C. Which, option which, which C. does beg the question, though, anyways, why did they join with Horus? Maybe, just maybe they were seeing something in the Perium itself that was going to self-destruct everything. Okay. Maybe. But... I don't know. I, I think a and lot of it says they were fully aligned with them anyways, because there's other cases where they did things that you would go, well, that doesn't seem like it would help Horace at all. Like at one point, I believe they destroyed something that was jamming messages from the white scars to other places. So now oh, all of a sudden they're able to actually hear stuff. It's like, well, the well, fact that they had the, the whole, you know, like, defense plans from Dorn anyways, and he literally shattered it in front of Horus. Horus. Yeah. So it really kind of begs the question anyways, is like, so what is option C? Right. I, 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 I Hang on. I do agree with you anyways, that I think anyways, they looked at this and they got the information and they're just like, okay, I don't like either of those. We're smart enough. We can figure this out. What's option C? And they came up with a plan anyways, and then therefore... They came up with option C. Now, here's the real crux of the matter, anyways. What is option C? Exactly. I mean, me personally, I don't know. It, it, it sounds like, anyways, the cabals, anyways, option B, anyways, is what ended up taking place, right? Uh, Horus gave a mortal wound to the emperor, and then he ended up in the Golden Throne as this Karen Lord. Right. But here's one of the things that they don't acknowledge throughout all their schemas. They don't acknowledge what uh, any of the other races. None of them knows that. They don't even take into account of what any of the other races are doing at the time. Well, especially the one anyways that has become a fairly new thing anyways, and that's the Tyranids. I mean, it's all uh, well good anyways that we're, we're, we're trying to save everything from chaos, but, but the Tyranids are like a plague. And and I don't know if the Cabal ever really even thought of them in the 31st millennium. I don't think they even thought of the orcs, which, you know, they were already there for that matter. Or, or actually the Necrons. I mean, okay, I will say this, though. The Cabal, anyways, it seems like they're really run by the Eldar, right? Right. I mean, they're not run by the Eldar, but... the. The Cabal was an organization, and the head of it was the Eldar. Right. Which means to me, anyways, that had nothing to do with galactic safety. It had to do with the concept, anyways, of will the Eldar survive? Yeah. 
So in yeah. other words, it was just their own interest, which is another thing probably that Alfarius would have seen through, right? no doubt. So I think we can establish anyways that Alfarius and Omegan, they probably talked to each other and they probably figured out anyways, it's like, okay, well, what's option C? And they came up with an option C and we have no idea what it is. Right. <laughs> All we know is that they didn't fully go with either side. Because right. they it's like we'll we'll support Horus, but at the same time so they do things like break the, the plans, they disrupt some specific things that shouldn't have been disrupted and say, Wait, why is that happening? It's like, well, I'm sorry, you guys aren't that divided. Right. Uh <laughs> well, and I think it actually kind of shows also, anyways, that they might I think they're with humanity. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think that they're with the emperor at this point. No. And to me, anyways, that's my argument anyways of why they're really actually renegade. Yeah. Uh, Marines, as opposed to chaos uh, undivided. Yeah. I think that they would definitely fall under renegades also. Because it's like one of those ones, like there's other ones that, um, like, it, let's say no one was... The, the Firehawks were technically also, right? They're technically what? also Renegades, right? Uh, Firehawks eventually, I think, became Renegades. And then, if I recall right, they eventually, as most Renegades do anyways, fall into chaos. Well, originally, they did what the Soldrakers did, which was they were, like, betrayed, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But they're just like, I, I'm still fighting for humanity. It's just... I don't believe in the Imperium's beliefs now, what their current beliefs are. Right. And so I think that's true with a few of them. It's just because they don't believe in those things anymore, they're treated as traitors and heretics. And you know. Yes, but with Alpha Legion anyways, this has a different concept completely. This has a concept anyways of dealing with, we want humanity to exist and continue to thrive we do not believe anyways it has to do with the emperor right the emperor is corrupt so therefore we have to anyways find a way to get rid of the emperor and then therefore anyways on top of that we also have to figure out a way anyways to get rid of chaos i mean I, if i remember right, they might have figured it out didn't agree entirely with the emperor either who jagatai khan he didn't well, entirely agree with the Emperor either. He thought there Sanguinius. were many things that were wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Even Sanguinius, anyways, there, there, there is a particular point, anyways, where he actually talks to uh, Conrad Kurz, Primarch of Night Lords. And Conrad gets him to a point where he actually understands, anyways, what the Primarchs are. They're science experiments by the Emperor. And that in itself is pretty dark. So if somebody in one of these science experiments, like for instance, Alpharius or Omegan in any ways, figures out, hey, we're just science experiments. This has nothing to do with humanity. We want humanity to exist. We're going to come up with a different, you know, we're going to come up with a different plan. Now, I, I do also have to ask anyways. I mean, we, we talked about this actually on our last Fox anyways. You kind of agree with me anyways. One of them is dead, right? On Pluto? Uh, more than likely, yes. Okay, so he, he, I, he, not a hundred percent here. 
Okay, yeah, because it is Alpha. <laughs> it is Alpha Legion. It is Alpharius and Omega, and everything they do, anyways, is is spooky. <laughs> but, and um, everybody is them, right? <laughs> so, which one do you think actually lived? No clue. Yeah, I, I, I don't know either. I do think one of them lived, and if we, we we've kind of decided, anyways, and, and and here's the thing that makes this kind of interesting because originally, anyways. There's this thought process of like, well, you've got two people. Did they decide on one thing to do or did they kind of split off in different directions? And that's kind of an interesting question. And I think we kind of agree on the fact anyways, they both kind of decided on option C. Right. As opposed to one person going, well, I'm going to go with option C. And the other one was like, no, we're not going to do that. Side with Horus, you know. And the whole Legion probably have uh, infighting, like the slow drinkers basically destroyed itself because of infighting. Right, which is something more like the Imperium itself is the problem. And I was like, yes, they are a problem, but we shouldn't be destroying the enemy. We should be helping humanity. And and we find anyways with Alpha Legion on the other hand, anyways, we don't have that. We find a distinct unity anyways with Alpha Legion. So, right. I, I, I kind of agree with you. It really doesn't matter anyways which Primarch lived, but one of them did, which means that they're still running this whole thing anyways a thousand years later. And I think we also both can agree anyways that I don't think that they really join Chaos Undivided. I think they're renegades. No, I don't think that they are either. Okay. I well, truly think that they would fall under renegades despite what all the other claims are, you know. Yeah. So it really boils down to a question that honestly, I don't think either of us can answer. What is plan C? Oh yeah. No clue on that one. (laughs) Me neither, but I'm sure anyways, it will show up at some point. Anyways. I mean, that's the thing about us. Anyways, historians, we, uh, um, we look to the past to try to predict the future, but you can never really predict the future. Well, folks, uh, that is all the time we have for today. Tune in next week as we discuss some of the notable leaders of Alpha Legion. Quite right, Zekdar. And for those listening, if you like our box, please follow, subscribe, like, and comment. (laughs) Yes. And if you have any questions, feel free to leave them in our comments. Or send them to our website at www.asharaka.com. Yes, that's www.asharaka.com. Indeed. And as always... <clears throat> this is Zekta and Yuxen signing off.